This message is brought to you by Moira Pentecostal Church. We hope that it will encourage, challenge, and develop you into the person God has made you to be. In the first message I preached on Saturday night, I preached on the subject of coming up higher. And the key in that message was the statement that God will always lift you up. You can work and toil all the days of your life. You can fish on every side of the boat in your natural. And you may build an empire, but it is totally irrelevant and absolutely pointless. When Jesus Christ takes hold of your life, he lifts you into a dimension of eternity so that what you put your hand to and the work that you accomplish in your life is of eternal lasting significance. That's why it's so wonderful to be going about the king's business in your life because it's not worth doing anything else. And even if you find yourself working in an environment to earn finance different from what we do in church life, I want to tell you, you do it for Jesus with a right heart and a right spirit. And it's still the kingdom of God. And I've experienced alongside you, I'm sure, the lifting up of God in your life. I was amazed last year, every one of our children, three of them, they were all promoted. And I said, thank God, that's Jesus. 200 were made redundant where my son works. And for one year, redundancy was hanging over his head. He's married a beautiful girl and they have two awesome children. He's a servant of God and walks with integrity of heart. And I drove past where he worked one day and I said, Oh man, the peace of God overwhelmed me in my spirit. And I came home and I said to my boy, I said, son, you hang on in there. Everybody was jumping ship early because they were worried and in fear. I said, you hang on in there, son, because God is absolutely committed to bringing you through and lifting you up. I want to tell you, he was the only one who instead of losing his job, he was promoted and given a rise. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? God is committed to lifting you up in your life in every way. Secondly, I spoke this morning on growing deeper. And the key to that message this morning was for us to receive a new desire and a hunger to move from a surface experience of God to a deeper place with Jesus. And I would have to say that that has become the cry of my heart over these last 10 years as you travel. You realize that the body of Jesus has become such a surface type of experience for her. And all that God would take us into the deep waters of relationship with him. And then this third message. You've been waiting since this morning for the title, haven't you? Is entitled Reaching Wider. So I apologize slightly, but not much. Because I am not going to be talking about your life tonight. I am going to be preaching on the greatest mission the church has been given. The commission of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's the most important thing that we need to be engaged in and involved in in these days. Oh, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lay my hands upon you. I'm going to prophesy over your life. But I tell you, we have to come to terms with the fact that the church has become selfish in her experience. And we need to begin be renewed in our spirit and mind 
that we might once again realize the foremost importance of why we are living on the face of the earth at this time. Maybe even yourself, you've come to a place where church is more a case of uh, like a, a, a prop to get you up and get you through another week. Or even just, oh pastor, I, I need a blessing this week. I've had a tough week. Just come on, turn on the blessing. I want to tell you, we need to reach a point where instead of we're saying, oh Lord, bless me, we reach a point where we're saying, Lord, I am committed to being a blessing for everyone I rub shoulders with. God would take the selfishness out of our hearts. Hallelujah. This is the main reason for the existence of the church. It's why we're here on the earth. It's a mission that cannot fail. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad about that? Turn to your neighbor and say, the mission cannot fail. You can't complete it in your own strength. You can't complete it in your own ability. You can't complete it as a result of the natural talent that you carry. It is a mission impossible. But with God... He has already established our success. This mission, should you choose to accept it, cannot fail. This mission, should you choose to accept it, as my hero Reinhard Bonnke says, it is to plunder hell and populate heaven. at me. You love it, didn't you? You loved it, didn't you? You loved it, Lord. <laughs> the truth is, isn't it, friends? God is creative. God is absolutely able to reach this generation with all its technology, with all the new developments. There is one thing that still works today. Friend, you might have it on your iPad or your iPhone or your Blackberry, but this still works today. The Word of God and the moving and the stirring of the Spirit of God. Open your Bible with me, would you, to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28 and verse 16 where we read of the Great Commission. <clears throat> Are you ready? Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. That's the first key there, isn't it? That they went to where Jesus had told them to go. Imagine if one of them had said, I can't be bothered to go tonight. Or, you know, there's something good that I've got to do. Something I want to do. No, they went to the place where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they 
worshipped him. I wonder if you have began to be a life committed worshipper of Jesus. I've never met anybody who truly moves in the power of the Holy Ghost that has not first of all become a true worshipper of the living God. That someone who was absolutely drenched in love with Jesus and worship him. That is the key. And then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Friend, I wonder how conscious you are of Jesus being with you. But I want to tell you, one of the most wonderful things that you can do to encourage the touch of God's Spirit to come upon your life is to begin to do what He's commanded us to do. An awful lot of people have been seeking the anointing of the Spirit for a long time. And they are waiting for something to happen. I want to tell you one of the greatest keys to experiencing the depth of God and the fire of God upon your life is to begin to obey that command. Go into all the world and begin to preach the gospel. Begin to fulfill the call of God that has placed that He has placed upon your life. I want to tell you, you will sense the anointing of God at a level that you have never tasted before. So the first thing I want to say to you tonight is this. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is personal. This is personal for you. Jesus has sent you into the world to preach the good news and to share the good news of the gospel. And the first thing you must do is to accept that it is personal. That Jesus has called you and placed his hand upon your life. I tell you as a young man, I remember my father saying to me, Son, the hand of God is upon your life. The call of God is upon your life. You are going to see a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost in your days. And you are going to see things, God fulfill things that I as your father have longed to see and not seen. But your generation, your generation will see it come through. And I want to tell you as a young man, I picked up that word from God. And I've been running with that word from God as a young man, as a teenager, as a husband, as a father, and now as a grandfather. Woo! And there's something that happens in your spirit. Something happens in your spirit when you answer the call of God. How long are you going to sit and wait for circumstances to change so you feel you can answer the call of God? Those circumstances will never change. You will never feel ready. You will never feel able. But that alters nothing. God has called you and appointed you for such a time as this. And as you go in obedience, the anointing and the power of God will come upon you, then you will know that the hand of the Lord is upon you. You've got to go on the word. You've got to go on the call. And then you will know. And then you will see. Then you will experience the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You can sit in the dust of remorse all your life and you will achieve nothing. But when you answer the call of God, you discover something of the immensity and the enormity and the vastness and the majesty and the glory of the Lord that we serve. Oh, church, the commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Hallelujah. None of that's on my notes, but I'm feeling good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, friend, you may well not be called to be a platform preacher. You might never do that. But I tell you, if Jesus has touched your heart, 
you will be someone who witnesses, someone who shares the good news of the gospel with those you rub shoulders with. I love the way Jesus spoke to people. I love the way Jesus handled people. It was up close and personal. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you see this call of God is personal. In fact, it's up close and personal. It's as intimate as you can get. Jesus knew how to handle people. In his personal conversation with Nicodemus, the religious man who came searching at night, I want to tell you, every day you are rubbing shoulders with people who are searching. They may well not know what they are searching for now in our time, but they're hungry. In fact, they are desperate, and they are searching for Jesus. You're rubbing shoulders with them every day. And then in his conversation with the woman at the well, he spoke from a deep perception about her life and circumstances. That conversation that Jesus had with that woman, pure and up close and personal, brought a revival to a Samaritan town. She went back and she spoke of the man who told me everything I ever did. Hallelujah. Friends, Jesus still moves in that way today. But instead of him being here, you are here, present. As an expression of Jesus, that's who you are. He wants your hands. He wants your mouth. He wants your feet. He wants your life. You see, we talk about having given our life to Jesus, and I think we do that too lightly. What do we really mean when we say, I have given my life to Jesus? Do you mean we are saved and then I just carry on and do life the way I want to do it? No. I mean I surrender my life completely into the hands of the living God and He takes control of every day of my life. My life ceases to be my own and I belong to God. Has the church realized? Have those who've made perhaps a surface decision? Oh, go on then, Lord, I'll let you in. Oh, go on then, Jesus. I'll respond and come to the front because I heard a good preacher. Oh, my God. Have we no perception and realization that when I give my life to Christ, He takes it and He wants it to belong to Him every waking moment and every sleeping moment? That I become someone who is absolutely filled with the life of God. And so as I walk through life, I reflect Him. I speak of Him. I love for Him. I reach out for Him. I speak for Him. I do what God has called me to do in my life. And if that means me laying down my physical life, so be it. Oh, church, the challenge that is going to come across the nations over these next few years, we will not be able to be silent because the devil is seeking to close the mouth of the church. Mark my words as I speak under the anointing of God. The day shall soon come when the voice of the church will have to speak in spite of fear and objection because we are carriers of the eternal anointing of God and we've been called and sent to go for such a time as this. Friends, we are going to need to discharge every aspect of ministry that we and only we can fulfill. And I believe from this land there will come a clarion call 
that will spread out from our nation. A fire will begin to burn in our land, in our time that will herald in the greatest revival the world has ever known and ever seen before the coming of the Lord. And we must be ready. We must be ready. Years ago, we used to preach about the midnight uh, the clock coming up to the face at the, of the clock at the top, the pointers. I want to tell you, before the call comes, there will be a cry from the body of Jesus. And we will be ready to fulfill everything he's called us to do. There's a wise mummy. Mr. Soundman. So it's up close and it's personal. Then in his healing of the disabled man by the pool. What a wonderful testimony that truly was. He'd been there 38 years, and Jesus touched him. I want to tell you, I believe with all my heart that we will yet again see a breakthrough of the miraculous in the age in which we are living. Not just little examples, but absolute miracles. Not something that could later on be said, well, did it really happen? But miracles will break out in the body of Jesus. This is not just a wish, friend. This is a prompt of the Spirit of God and is in keeping with the plan and purpose that he has. So Jesus took the time to speak to people. He asked them the right questions. He could see the pain. He could sense where every individual was. As he walked through life, there were divine encounters. They were divine encounters in his normal, everyday routine. And there's a key. Because some of us are waiting for things to change and happen, so we begin something. But actually, God is wanting to manifest His river and His fire and His anointing in your daily routine, right where you are. And one of the key things is you can ask people the right questions as God prompts you by His Spirit. The early church knew that, that God was working in everyday life. They referred to it as gossiping the gospel. It's the only time that gossip is permitted. We want you to gossip constantly about Jesus. We want you to talk more than you've ever talked before. You say, Pastor, you don't seem to have a problem with that. But we really want you to talk more than you've ever talked before about Jesus. Maybe you've lost your enthusiasm. Maybe you've lost your passion. Reclaim it this weekend. And don't let the enemy close your mouth. You know, you can speak to people about the love of God most effectively when you've earned the right to speak. And there are people around you that are ready to listen. Your family. Your friends your neighbors, your work colleague, someone whom God has just brought across your path as a divine appointment. You've met them for a reason, friend. And yet we are so slow to begin to talk about Jesus. So recognize God is setting you up for divine appointments. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, divine appointments are coming. Now, I've sought to bring a... a a different approach to these messages over this weekend with an emphasis of how. Because sometimes we preach messages and then we say, this is what we've got to do, but how do we do that? And I want to answer that. How do we approach people effectively? Well, I've mentioned one already. Ask questions about their life. Speak about what is going on in their heart, in their home. In the family, you know, there aren't many people that don't want to tell you about themselves. If you ask the right question in the right way, with love, with tenderness and openness and a genuine heart of love, you will cause people to warm to you. 
And you will begin to communicate at a high level. You must love people. You know, some people get annoyed with people. When you're tired, you can easily get annoyed with people. There have been two times in the last 20 years of ministry when I had to go to my wife, Miriam. I said, Miriam, just watch me very carefully uh, over the next week or two weeks because I don't understand it. I love people. I, I just love people with all my heart, but people are annoying me. <laughs> do you know what? Any, do you know anything about that, Pastor Dave? Anything? No, no, not at all. These guys are absolute perfectionists. They've got no weaknesses whatsoever. It's only Yorkshire pastors that have all these weaknesses. But I, I was honest with my wife. Do you know, I find that's the best person to be honest with. When you're struggling in, in any area of life, don't let the devil get in and lead you astray or anything like that. You go and talk to your wife. You go and talk to your husband. You do what is honorable to God because you'll experience victory in your marriage and your walk with God. And, and as a guy, you know what I'm referring to. I, I love it. I, I just love and You know, in the early years of marriage, God brought a transparency. And I can sit and talk to my wife about absolutely anything. I don't go red at all. <laughs> It's wonderful, isn't it? Why? Because we're one flesh. Keep that transparency in your marriage. If you haven't got there, then set off tonight. Share your heart and bear your heart. And so there's something wonderful about having the love and the compassion of Jesus just to talk to people about real life. And then listen to what they're saying. Listen, this is real good stuff. You should be taking notes. Listen to what they're saying. Open your ears and listen. Because they may well share something with you that enables you to speak right in. But if you don't hear it, because you're actually thinking about what you want to say next. Which may well put the attention back on you. But listen with a heart of compassion. And it will enable you to hear from God. And then share your heart and share your story at the right time. Without force. Let the Holy Spirit flow through you. He will guide you. And be loving and gracious. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got no choice. You have got to be loving and gracious. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's the character of Jesus, isn't it? Wonderful. Do you know, I was sitting here, forgive this personal example, I was sitting at a playground once it's not exactly flattering for me, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was sitting in a playground as a young dad waiting for, uh, to collect my youngest daughter. I'd gone early. My wife and I often used to do that because the playground is a mission field. So we, I was sitting on the bench in the playground very early, at least a quarter of an hour before. And a young lady came and sat next to me. I would say she was probably about 32, something like that. And uh, she was a very, very sharp-looking lady, beautifully turned out, well-groomed and beautiful clothes. And we sat there, and I just began to practice the presence of Jesus. And the anointing of God came on the bench. And I watched her. She went like this. She looked at me in the eyes. And I began to talk about Jesus the reaction I got was not the one I wanted she stood up and she slapped me around the face as hard as she could and I said to you I said to her I said Jesus loves you with all your heart with all his heart God bless you and left it several years later that lady walked up the path of the church where I passed her and I led her to Jesus at the front of the building. Sometimes when you don't see what you want to see immediately, you've sown something and God can turn even the harshest reaction around. If you keep gracious and loving in your response to the Lord, you'll win the victory. Turn to your neighbor again and say, you've got no choice. You've got to be loving and gracious. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
And so, you know, when they reject you, when you get rejected, don't turn away from them. Don't respond in a wrong way. Keep loving because God will work it through. So it's personal. It's your mission. And you can reach out wider as a result of our sharing tonight. Let it be personal because God has promised to be with you even to the ends of the earth. And then I'm at my second point. Hey, praise God, we're moving forward. Amen. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is corporate. Now, this is real stuff, church. Give me your attention. If you've switched off, you know, just focus back on you. Pastor Dave was telling us about a church where they've got big, sort of like in India, where they've got these like big long poles with sponges on the end. And if you go to sleep, the elders come around and give you a bit of a donk on the head. <laughs> I think we're going to introduce that over here. <laughs> Wouldn't that be marvelous? No, no. <laughs> it might go like that and the chap's wig might fall off. <laughs> oh, glory. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Hang on. Hallelujah. You know, friends, Jesus has sent us to work together. I, I just hate one-man bands. I love team. I just love working alongside people like Pastor Dave and the leaders here. I, I love my elders around me. I, I, my eldership meetings are absolutely fantastic. There's no arguments. <laughs> it's not a miracle. <laughs> Wonderful. Because we've been called to work together. Corporate. Do you know what it means? It means to belong to a united group. And there is something that unites you whether you feel it yet or know it yet, but there is something that unites you to the body of Jesus and the church that is eternal. So the unity that you have with the body of Jesus is not just temporary. It can't go away. You can break it, but God will need to call you back to it. And we find this great uh, connection in the Word of God in Acts chapter 2. Open your Bible to Acts chapter 2. Let me preach these next few things very quickly so we can move on. Hallelujah. Are you there? Acts chapter 2 verse 1. Bible says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly... A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language, utterly amazed. Let me stop there. Something that will utterly amaze the world, one day, will be the unity of the Spirit in the body of Jesus. She has never seen that yet. Instead, we've seen presented to the world dysfunction, disharmony, and disunity. But before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, our religious and strong opinions will bow down to Jesus. And we will find the one thing that unites us comes through 
Oh, God forbid that it has to happen in a day of persecution. But let me tell you, we share the same spirit. Amen. We are one in Christ. There is one church. There is one Lord. There is one baptism. There is one Father of all. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, we belong together. <laughs> Hallelujah. I hope you can handle me saying that in this place. I believe you can. God will work a miracle. There will be many changes. Some things that we've held so strong opinions on, we realize in revival it fades away to nothing. Insignificant nonsense. When Jesus comes in the center of the body, and manifest his glory. You will throw your arms around people that you would have had nothing to do with at one time. You will forgive and embrace and, and run towards people that you thought, I couldn't have anything in common with them in the natural. Oh, I remember when they hurt me, they wounded me, they offended me, they broke my heart. And I'd have to say as a pastor, I've had my heart broken over and over again. I don't know many real pastors who haven't. I've sobbed in my wife's arms and my wife has sobbed in my arms over ministry. What do you do with that? I'll tell you what you do. You bring it to Jesus. And you say, Lord, I won't give in. <laughs> because you see, because we weep doesn't make us weak. No. Compassion of Jesus makes you strong. We may express it openly, but I tell you, we know what it means to be strengthened with power from on high. So we don't throw in the towel. We take up the towel. And so one day, oh, thank you, Jesus. There's going to be no denominations in glory. Hallelujah. Have I upset you? Tough. <laughs> if I've upset you, you come see me at the end and let me hug you. A real Pentecostal one. <laughs> oh. You say, I'm not a hugger. Oh, God help you. <laughs> oh, glory. I, I love churches when they're pure and they can hug. Oh, there's something wonderful about that just expression of love. Friends, there's a touch of God on this meeting. Real unction of God. I just want to pause a moment and just ask you where you are with Jesus. Have you really given your life to him? You heard me describe what it really means. Have you agreed to a set of beliefs and rules? Or have you given your whole life to Jesus? That's what he wants. Nothing less. I pray as we continue tonight that God will move upon you by his spirit. Draw close to him by faith. Because he will draw close to you.
Some of you young people in this building tonight, you need to make a decision for Jesus so that the rest of your days are absolutely solid and sold out for God. There's going to come a day when you will realize that the decision you made tonight has not only affected your life here, you're going to realize that's been the key for absolutely everything. Surrender. Surrender. You might say a simple prayer, Lord, here I am. I've held so much back from you. I never really gave you me and my life. But I mean it tonight, Lord. Would you take hold of me? Cleanse me, renew me, story, restore me, heal me, and set me up to serve you. It'll cost you everything. <laughs> There's no other life worth living. Nothing else worth doing. Jesus is what it's all about. <clears throat> so, we have the same spirit. That's what enables us to be effective. But also we should have the same vision and the same purpose. And that is to witness to the power of God. You were not present when Jesus came to the disciples and revealed himself at the resurrection. You were not present when he had a meal with them on the seashore. You were not present when Pentecost took place. But I tell you, if you've given your life to Jesus, you've experienced the power of his spirit. And you know, you just know, don't you, that the inner witness of his spirit inside you tells you that you are son and heir of the most high God. You can give witness and speak of real evidence that Jesus is risen from the dead. So there's no greater strength and more effectiveness than by us serving together. We've designed, we've designed to work together in the kingdom of God. You know, the reality is we need others for encouragement. Would you like to turn to your neighbor and say, there's no doubt now I need you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Husbands and wives are going to have a real romantic night tonight. <laughs> Woo <-hoo>, glory. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Amen. But we also need each other's gifting. We need each other. None of us are carrying absolutely every ability and gifting necessary to complete this mission. So we need each other's gifting. We need each other's strength to overcome our own weaknesses. And we need each other because we are one body and one church. So never let anything divide you. Now, I'm jumping forward, Paul, and I know that means you have to flick it on because you're using an iPad, but don't worry, it's okay. They're a very gracious bunch out there. So let me just ask you to open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 4. Would you do that right now? Ephesians chapter 4, and we're on the home run. You've been so patient. It's only 5 to 8. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, and I want to read some verses from verse 11 because this is... The commission of Jesus and the impartation of gifting to the body of Jesus. And we need to see why he did it. It was he who gave, verse 11, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants. I wonder if, you, you know, we're talking about checking our depth of spirituality this morning. I wonder if God would look at us and think that we have been following Him for many years, but we're still infants. 
The Apostle Paul spoke about that when he said, you should be ready for meat, but you're still on the milk. So what's your diet like? Are you still on the milk after walking with Jesus for 20 years or even more when you should be on the meat? Because that's a good spiritual test. That's a good litmus paper test, isn't it? And so here it is. Look, then you will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here, there, every wind of teaching by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. But instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up unto him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So there's no doubt about it. If we're going to complete the commission, we need the gifts of God to come through in the church. Now, let me tell you, I think we're living in a day when we have become so performance orientated that we've lost a dimension of the move of the Spirit. Reclaim it. You see, we need the body of Jesus to be flowing in everything that Christ has given to her. That must be done in a right way with absolute accountability to your pastors and your leaders. But let me just highlight these key points as we move to a close. Firstly, the gifts in the body are given by Christ for the building up of the church. Secondly, they are primarily to prepare God's people for works of service. And the emphasis is not on the apostles. The emphasis is on the people. So imagine the scene now that here you are in the body of Jesus with all these amazing giftings inside you. But you can't even answer the call of God, let alone begin to move in anything. And we need to be men and women that are moving in the things of the Spirit of God. The sooner you start, the sooner you can mature. I remember the first time that I ever stood up in church and spoke in tongues as a message for the body. That's scary, isn't it? I was a young guy. And I was so bubbling up, you know. I was very fearful. And it was right coming up inside me and I couldn't contain it anymore. Bang! Out it came. It was the loudest speaking in tongues the church have ever known. <laughs> and my mother, bless her, was sitting at the back. And at the end of the meeting, she came over to me, wise woman. She gave me a great hug. She said, son, that was fantastic. But next time, <laughs> you don't need to shout quite as loud. <laughs> I've been shouting ever since. No. <laughs> and that's true. It's true. But I'd started. I'd started. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're carrying gifts that you must start to exercise. Go ahead. If you don't use them, you lose them. It's not that they're taken out of you. doesn't mean that. But you are unable to freely move in and bin, begin to move in that spiritual dimension. And it's the body that needs to move in this stuff. Now, listen, forgive me tonight if you, uh, you, know, you don't know the Lord and I'm speaking a foreign language. I understand that. It's just that tonight I know God called me to preach this message. And I will sit with you as long as you need to, me to sit with you at the end of this meeting. I'll give you that commitment. 
But right now, we need to see an explosion of gifts of the Spirit. And then they're to build the body up, to edify you. That means to promote spiritual growth and the character of Jesus. And you will not get there without spending time with Jesus. They will bring unity, maturity, and the fullness of Christ as God moves through the body. Stability, transparency, truth in love. I don't know if you've ever sat with your pastor and been totally open about where you really are in your life and experience with God. Pastor Dave, I hope you are busier than you've ever been before as a result of this message. <laughs> That's a good thing to do. Give him your heart and let him share his heart with you in the right setting, in the right way. That's a wonderful thing to do. I had a young man come to see me several months ago and we were sitting in what is our youth room on a nice leather settee. I won't say his name. But he began to break down and weep with me. And I said, son, what is it? Come on, talk to me. That young man poured his heart out to me. Poured his heart out. He told me everything he needed to tell me. Exposed every part of his inner being. And I want to tell you, we spent hours together just talking about God. Talking about Jesus, I want to tell you that young man is absolutely on fire for God now. And it all started because he came and sat with his pastor and exposed where he really was. And that was a turning point for him. Don't we need that in church life? We need to get beyond the sitting in rows. Let's really get down where the brass tacks are. Feet on the ground. Talk about how we can answer the call of God. So friends, in conclusion, united in faith, we believe and we preach a sound gospel. And I know you do that in this church. United in spirit, we serve with a right heart. No competition. Amen. Isn't it marvelous when Jesus takes competition out of your heart? United in the work. We can work together well. No jostling, no grappling for position or title. Just get on. Serving God. This is your mission. And this is our mission. Let me say this question another way. This mission, should you choose to accept it? Should you? Of course, we should. Absolutely, we should accept the call. And the commission of God. My prayer tonight is that every one of us would answer the call to go into all the world. Our world is right where we are. That's where we start. Right where we are. To answer the call. And begin to talk about Jesus again. Like we never have before. Asking God for divine appointments. Sharing your heart and asking questions in the right place. And believing together, we will see a harvest as we move towards the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to this message. For more teaching resources, visit www.mpc.org.uk. Thank you.